First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on uh, Monday. What day is it? I forgot what day it is. It is Tuesday, Tuesday December 12th. I'm all thrown off. Uh, we are here after the Celtics win over the Cavaliers. Uh, there's stuff popping in the background. This is another reason why I like my little room, Sam, for what it's worth. A lot of noise out here. I like the audio to be clean. However, I am at the garden, as you can see by all the lovely seats behind me and the Putnam sponsorship. No free ads, though. So it's just going to be putt for tonight if you're watching on uh, YouTube. But Celtics earned a win over the Cavaliers, 120 to 113. Uh, in a game they were getting destroyed uh, in early on. They were down by as many as 15 points uh, in the first quarter. By the fourth quarter, they had a lead of their own, up 10 points. Felt like they steadily bounced back in this one, worked their way back. Good second quarter, good third quarter, good fourth quarter. Um, I believe, let me double check the math here. Uh, they won all three quarters after the first. So they, they lost the first quarter by 10, then they won the second by nine, won the third by three, and won the fourth by five, steadily earning a seven point win in this game. Joe Mazzulla talked about how it felt like a playoff game to him a- a- afterwards, you know, with all the adjustments and all the uh, up and ebbs and flows and the, the way the teams were competing. I think this might be one of the Celtics' best wins all year, but curious to know your thoughts. I agree with Joe on this one. When I was watching the game, I did have that, oh, wow, it feels like I'm watching a playoff game feel, right? So Boston starts off ice cold, very much like it could happen in a playoff game. But they very, very quickly got themselves back into the game. Like, it did not take them long to chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away. Derek White made three threes in a row. All of a sudden, the game's within four points. Um but it wasn't great that they got down so early. I thought that the team as a whole did a great job of forcing the issue. They got to the line a ton of times tonight. They made all of them. Uh, 26 of 26. Pretty sick. Cleveland only shot nine free throws. I'm sure their fan base is thrilled about that. But uh, the main thing that stuck out to me was good Jalen game. Very good Jalen game. Jalen Brown, 25 points, 10 of 17 from the field. He had four assists. All of them were really, really good looks. There were plays where they posted him up on the strong side, weak side, three-point corner was open, and he was hitting the guys out of the post, reading the defense, picking apart their rotations. This is more of the stuff we need to see from Jalen Brown if the Celtics are going to be the best they can be. He is not at all playing reckless on days like today. And it shows. Sure, he was a minus six in the box score, but he made a really strong impact on this game. He was the only guy that had anything to give in the first quarter when the team was drowning. And three turnovers, but it just felt like he was picking apart and pulling strings like he was the one that was in control. He wasn't being forced to do anything he was uncomfortable with. 
And man, it was nice to watch. Yeah, he was great in this game. Joe Missoula and Jason Tatum talked about it post game. Uh, they were at, they weren't directly at. Excuse me, but they were basically asked, you know, what do you think of all the stats that came out of Jalen? Zero assists and 43 shot attempts uh, over two games. That ESPN stat that we talked about in the video, and they're basically like, yeah, that's 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 bogus. <laughs> that shit's not real. Uh, we look at potential assists instead, and Jalen Brown's potential assists have been good, right? And that's because they have been. Uh, he was great tonight. It felt like even early on when he was the only one scoring, he was also the only one making the right reads. His teammates just weren't making shots. There was one point where I think, you know, players outside of Jalen were 0 for 11 from the field. No one was giving him anything. He was making all the right reads, doing everything, <coughs> excuse me, everything correctly. Uh, no one gave him any, any help uh, on that. End. So I agree. Good Jalen game, 10 of 17, only one of five from three, but yeah, he was very efficient other than that. Four assists, good game from him. Tatum also quietly solid. He didn't score the ball very well, but 10 rebounds, 5 assists. He was also making plays, um, doing all the right things. Uh, those two just got to chill with the threes. Like you said, they got to take the threes in the flow of the offense. Um, Tatum got a good one at the end of the game in the corner. Uh, other than that, Matt, pretty rough Kristaps game for the most part. Very, very, very cold to start the game. He couldn't get anything to go in the first quarter, but then he eventually exploded. Had a huge, I think it was third quarter, maybe second quarter, um, where he had 13 points in a quarter. He ended it with 21, 10, three assists and two blocks. Yeah. Um, picked it up, but I, in my opinion, the highlight of this game was Derek White and Drew Holiday. Those two were great the whole game. Uh, only one turnover apiece. Derek White had five of eight from three. Three huge threes in the second quarter to help pull them back in this game. Uh, four rebounds, four assists, two blocks. Could have had more blocks, but the refs called uh, some of them, far too many of them. He was asked about that post game and he laughed. Uh, Drew Holiday also made a couple big threes. He was four or seven, three of five from three. Uh, four rebounds, two assists, three steals. Those two really felt like the, uh, I can't think of the right word. They felt like the guys that kind of kept the Celtics steady, right? It, it At least to me. It felt like they played offense the same way for the entire game. It just the shots weren't falling in the first quarter. And then the offense started working because the start, shots started falling and they trusted the process. Defensively, they made a bunch of adjustments, which we can talk about later. But offensively, I think Derek White and Drew Holiday were really the two, you know, uh, hands that steadied the ship for the Celtics tonight after they went down early. Yeah, they were huge in the big spots during this game. I mean, I already talked about the Derek White hot hands stretch where made back-to-back-to-back threes to force the Cavs into a timeout and cut the lead down. I think it was to five-ish around there. The game was much more in reach by the time Derek White got done with his hot streak. Drew Holiday also made a few timely threes. He made a big one to put the Celtics up one late in the third quarter. Cleveland called a timeout afterwards. Um, But that was during a back-and-forth the two teams had been having. And... To be honest, all of their shots came at reasonable times. Drew Holiday is somebody throughout his time with Milwaukee, his early time with Boston, will occasionally have those games where he's like, it's Drew Holiday time, I would like a shot now, please. Uh, You didn't see any of that tonight. Took the least amount of shots of all the starters, and they were all big, the ones that went in. So I was very happy to see that. And those two play under control. You mentioned Kristaps having a very off game disastrous first half really good second half that's impressive and that's that's a great quality to have it's the i'd rather be o of 10 than o of three because o of 10 means i kept shooting but i don't know if i agree with that but it's better to be uh 
5 of 16 than 0 of 6, which is what he was at half. Because he kept playing and finished the game with 21 points. He had two points yeah. at half. 19 in the second half in a game that the Celtics were in a bit of a dogfight with the Cavs for quite a while. The Celtics had to survive outbursts from Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, Karis LeVert. Even Jared Allen had a little bit of a stretch there where he was dunking, getting busy in the paint. And Struess had himself a nice game, too. Uh, so good job on them. They needed to step up in the big clutch moments that aren't necessarily the last five minutes, and they did so. That's why they won the game. That's why they were able to come back from 15 down. They never let it go out of reach. They never let the Cavs regain control of this game, even when it was tied. But halfway through the fourth quarter, I felt pretty confident. And that usually isn't the case, especially as of late. I have had no faith in this team. And today they played in a way that it made you feel like they had it. Nobody really forced anything. I don't think there was a single point in this game where I was like, damn, bad shot. There was a couple Tatum mm-hmm. dribble between the legs sequences that I didn't love. But besides that, like even poor Zingas's poor shooting night, like a lot of his looks were good. A lot of back rim from everybody throughout the first quarter. Uh, also, shout out to Peyton Pritchard, who came in and changed the game off the bench early. Made a couple I was just going to say, that whole bench unit, like you look at the box score and it reflects the thought process. Plus 14 for Hauser, plus 13 for Horford, plus 10 for Pritchard. Even Cornett was a plus two on a night where the Celtics were down early. Like all four of those guys played really, really well in their minutes. Sam Hauser made some big shots, even though he uh, started off. I think he didn't make his first one, but um, he, he was making big shots. Al Horford only scored two points, but he had five rebounds and an assist. Peyton Pritchard, like you said, came in, helps change the energy off the bench. And even Luke Cornett got active on the glass. He had three offensive rebounds in this game. He was battling down there. Like everything they did helped turn the tide for the Celtics after what was arguably the worst first quarter of the season. It was up there. That was a really, that was the least points they've scored in a fourth quarter, in a first quarter, excuse me, this season. And they came back and they won the game by seven. Like that tells you a lot about the resilience of this team. Felt like a game that, circle watch this before the playoffs look what you could do don't when you get down early don't fuck it up like fix it from there um and that was huge and score early this nfl season with FanDuel, america's number one sports book right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you got spreads, you got your player props, you got over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Not to mention, they were outshot from three. I don't know how many times that has happened this season where the opponent takes more threes than the Celtics, but the fact that they were able to make, I don't know if it was they make the Cavs, the Cavs settled. The Cavs shot really well from three tonight, 42%, and the Celtics did too, 41%. But you don't see many games where the opponent takes more threes than the Celtics. It was just very weird to me because it felt like a lot of the Cavs threes, again, they shot well, but like that motherfucker Max Struess was chucking he was taking all I mean, the Don Mitchell shot 13 threes I was looking at the <laughs> so box score and I was like 
Damn, I'd be mad as hell if my best player was taking 13 well, threes. The weird part was they all shot well. Like, even Darius Garland shot four for eight. Dean Wade didn't shoot particularly well, but, like, they shot a good percentage from three. It just felt like this Cavs team, I'd have to check the stats. It feels like this team isn't built to shoot a million threes. They weren't a good three-point shooting team last year, and it's why they went to get Struess and uh, George Niang. Like, they attempt the 18th most threes. They take 33 threes a game. Or 26th in makes i saw that <laughs> yeah. as part of the broadcast they only they make 11 and a half of 33 threes a game for 35 percent. everything was up from three but they got away from everything else that worked for them uh and the defense <laughs> excuse me the defensively the celtics torched them with good ball movement and playing the right way it was just very weird um weird offensive execution from the Cavs, and it felt like a lot of the early deficit that the celtics found themselves in was because the cows were making some crazy shots like as much as they got torched defensively like drew holiday missing that back cut on the inbounds them getting uh cut on and get you know easy interior shots Cavs getting a few offensive boards like early there were definitely some mishaps and they weren't guarding the pick and roll well um going over the screen versus under it giving up too many open threes but i'm gonna keep referencing this for all eternity because i think it's a good example that nets game last year where joe mazul was like yeah, they were missing all their open threes, and the Celtics were getting all these open layups. It wasn't sustainable. Didn't really feel like the, the Cavs' offense was super sustainable. Um, and once the Celtics adjusted defensively, which we can talk about now, um, they were able to keep playing offense the right way, and the shots started falling, and it kind of helped them get that lead. And it didn't feel like they, they got it back in bunches. Obviously, they had that stretch from Derek White, but it really felt like they just played poorly at the start, and then they just kept playing the right way, and it steadily turned the game in their favor. But... Joe Mazzulla talked about it after the game. I think Jared Weiss was asking about it in regard to Kristaps Porzingis of uh, his, his you know, stepping up and guarding the perimeter a little bit more. They switched up defensively. They were getting torched in the first quarter. Uh, and even the second wasn't amazing. But you look at the rest of the game, they were stepping up. They were picking up, you know, higher on the floor. They weren't letting Max Struess get all these open threes. They were switching. They, they, they were sending extra help. They were moving around. They were, they were doubling. They were trapping. Like, they changed up everything on the Cavaliers and they made things super, super difficult. I think, I don't know the exact stat. I know Cam Tabatabai mentioned that uh, when we were coming down, waiting for the elevator, Donovan Mitchell, fourth quarter, two points in a close game, in a clutch time game, two points. You held him to two points. Like that's a very, very, very successful fourth quarter. Darius Garland, three points. They shut down the Cavs stars in the fourth quarter. Meanwhile, for the Celtics, four points for Jalen Brown, efficient shooting, five for Tatum, six for Porzingis, six for Hauser, like, Made big shots, got to the free throw line a bunch. This was a very well-executed game from a Celtics team that you look at them after the fourth quarter, last year in the playoffs, last year especially, they give up. <laughs> Heads down, panic, hero ball. Yes. This year, steady team basketball. I was, like I said at the start of the pod, might be my favorite one of the season for how they responded. Yeah, I, I thought they really, really buckled down multiple times in this game and it was impressive to me because this is a team i've said it a zillion times as i battle my nose they're gonna play him thursday this feels like game one of a playoff series this is a little bit of a practice test for those opening two games on your home floor how you handle it and what we saw today was a situation that could very well happen in a playoff game you come out cold and you bounce back you, you fight, you continue to work hard. The Celtics played careful basketball. They only turned it over 13 times, one more than Cleveland. They got themselves to the line. It's kind of funny we did have that conversation on the show uh, yesterday where we were like, hey, Lakers just pounded the Pacers inside, only took 13 threes, and 
now the Celtics have won a game because they got themselves to the line a whole bunch. I mean, they still they still shot forty four threes, but you say, mentioned like this is the first time they've been out out fired by any team from beyond the arc. So them got to be one of the first being physical, sure. getting to the line, forcing the issue is a good thing. I think Porzingis is a good part of that. He loves the sweep through move underneath. He does the Embiid looking to draw a foul, and throughout this season he's been pretty good at it. I want to say he's shot upwards of six free throws per game, maybe more. I don't have basketball reference open. Uh, <laughs> but I, I I can tell you the man has been someone you can rely on to get to the line. Five point three free throws uh, per game. Um, it is less than he shot in Washington, but more than he shot in Dallas. So for context, there you go. Um, all while attempting the fewest field goals per game of his career for what it's worth. So that's a good sign. The fact that his free throws have stayed up, even though his shot attempts haven't. Um, good on the Celtics. Uh, they held Cleveland at just 21 in the fourth. Also kept the Cavs off the line. <clears throat> like Cavs only shot nine free throws. Like that's good defense from the Celtics after, like, like I said, it felt like the Cavs offense wasn't sustainable in the first quarter. It felt like the Celtics just had some communication errors, some mindset lapses, which isn't a good thing, but it wasn't that they were fouling and being too aggressive. It's just, they got, you know, turned around once they fixed that, like they played solid defense the rest of the way and the Cavs weren't able to respond. I don't know. I, I, like you mentioned, play this team again on Thursday or tomorrow as you guys are listening to this. Very curious to see how it affects it. Joe Mazzullo talked before the game about how, you know, you, you can't treat it as, I think somebody asked him, like, is it harder to win the second game after you already won the first? And he goes, I don't know, but you can't treat it like that. You have to treat them as separate games because you have to have the same mindset every game of this is what we want to do to win. These are the goals for the game. And this is what we have to execute on it. And you can't have any outside noise of what, excuse me, what you're trying um, when you're trying to, to hit those goals. Talks a lot about free throw rate, offensive rebounding, all the four factors. He's We obviously know he's big on the analytics, but this is a game it felt like the Celtics really bought into that, played consistent basketball, and it worked out in the end. It's like blackjack, right? You, you do what you're supposed to do, uh, and you, you wait for the end result to work Hopefully, out in your favor. Right. <laughs> it doesn't always happen, but uh, I think you know that's I mean, a though. decent comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last thing. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see 8.6 Tatum threes again. I don't. <laughs> 35. If if any other 35% three-point shooter was firing up that many threes per game, people would be like, wait, 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 wait. This guy's I a bet, chucker. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I bet you'd be surprised at how many in the league, how many stars in the league shoot that many at that percentage. I, I'm not it's saying because I'm just saying. The reason why is because they actually are a higher percentage shooter, but bear with me. But because of the volume they're taking, they're giving themselves too many looks that aren't good looks, and they're paying for it. Holy shit. Sorry. I just I just went to look. I'm like, oh, how many people are shooting that? For what it's worth, Tatum is shooting the worst of all the players shooting 8.6 or more. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. takes nine threes a game. Sorry. It just really threw me for a loop that he's taking. Looks like it's a good job. I bet Derek White takes like six per game. Uh... Let's see, Derek White. Can I see? Uh, he takes five point eight. Good call. Yeah. This is true. Um, for what it's worth, Trey Young eight point five per game, thirty five point three percent. Donovan Mitchell eight point five, thirty four percent. Again, not disagreeing with him. Just like it feels like, like a common number for those stars. What do we think of Trey Young? Like as neutrals? As what about Donovan outside? Mitchell though? 
Donovan Mitchell's a guy I saw him that he shot 13 threes tonight. And I was like, wow, he probably shouldn't shoot 13 threes per in a game. That's what I thought. Fair enough. He's too athletic for that. He's I, too um, gifted from the mid range to do that. It's just like I, unnecessary. I, I I've always said it. I agree. He should lay off some of those pull ups. At the same time, he's Jason Tatum, and in a game like Game Seven against the Sixers, and he's making those motherfuckers. Whatever. I, I I live with it more than other people. I don't complain as much, even though I do think he would probably be a bit more effective if he went away from and got it down to like six a game. But although, lot. like, even if you want to like, not even from like a Tatum perspective, it's just like. Those could be shots that go to somebody else. I'm not even trying to be like Tatum needs to take less shots. Tatum needs to take less threes. But if you want to keep those threes, I'm sure somebody else is going to be open in the rotation hmm. because the defense will be scrambling if Tatum forces the issue enough. What would you rather have, a Derek White open three or a Tatum sidestep? I don't say I disagree with you that he should take some of those out of his game. I just say I, I am more content with it than others because he is Jason Tatum, and I know he can make them. That's all I'm saying. Um, last thing before we wrap quote that I think you'll like, I don't know if you saw this, it was in the middle of like a longer quote, but I picked this out because I thought it was entertaining. He was talking about how it's like a playoff atmosphere. Joe, he said, it's an opportunity to play playoff level basketball without the in season tournament court, uh, which I just thought was <laughs> entertaining, but, uh, yeah. Any final thoughts? You think we're good? Yeah, I'm good. Done? I'm hyped for the game on Thursday. Thank you all for tuning in to have about them Celtics. We appreciate you. Leave us a review on Apple and I'll let Sam wrap us out. Hey, thank you very much for listening or watching. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube page if you're watching. You can find all our videos there, whether it's a full-length pod, one of these recaps, a film breakdown, rumors, whatever it may be we decide to talk about that day. You can hit the notification bell so you don't miss any of it. You can leave a like, comment, tell us what you thought of the game today. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple. If you want the audio versions of these recaps and the full-length pods, they are there. So follow us, and they will be right in your feed. You can find us on social at How About Them Seas. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook is just the name of the podcast. All pregame streams will be there as well as YouTube. If you want to get in touch with us, the email is hbtcpod at gmail.com. We got some emails tonight and earlier today, so we'll have those for you on tomorrow's pod. You can follow Jack on Twitter at JacksonNBA. You can follow me at Samuel France NBA. It's up for us. Bye. Jack, Jack, go. Come on. Jack, 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 J